Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You are listening to a message from our city campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. On the seventh day, God rested. On the seventh day, the first day of humanity, the rhythm of rest was instituted. On the seventh day, the first day of humanity, they rested in relationship with their creator. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you you burned out on religion? Jesus says these words, come to me, get away with me, and I'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Let's learn the the unforced rhythm of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Yeah, amen. These words are, are words of Jesus inviting us to enter into a rhythm of life, a rhythm that brings us life and freedom to our whole being, to our mind, to our body, to our spirit, and to our soul. You know, how beautiful was that? Great job narrating in the back there as well. You know, the common response that I get um, often when I ask this question, not everyone, but most people, when they say, how are you? How's, How's it going? The most common response these days I get is, really good, actually, but yeah, just a little bit busy. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing okay, doing okay. But boy, you know, feeling a bit overwhelmed at work at the moment. Or I hear words like, I really want to build some margins back into my life. But I just don't really know how to do it. But that's okay, I'll just keep going. I'm sure we'll turn up. The margin will create itself. Or hey, I'm really looking forward to that day off. It's, it's a way away, but I'm looking forward to that day off. So I can just, you know, fall into a heap and, and do nothing for a day. Well, I'm looking forward to this holiday. And we all have those pressures in life and experience them. I know the circums just come back from holidays. How was it? Lovely. Was it long enough? Never, Never long enough. <laughs> and that's and well-deserving holidays. I hope you got some sunshine before the rain came and drench you out. Um, Look, I think we all um, understand the tyranny of business that we live under in our society, in our Western society where there's um, this relentlessness of work and life and children and school and uni work, whatever it may be. You know, at this moment in our church series, we are in the middle of a series called Rhythms of Grace looking at spiritual practices, you know, for the last couple of weeks and for the weeks to come, of how to instill this rhythm of grace that Jesus is inviting us into. I would say that most of us here in this room and most people in our world are longing for this better pace, this better rhythm of life. Peter Cassero, one of the um, writers, describes this longing in our hearts as that we need a rope to lead us home. We need a rope that will lead us home. 
You know, as Christians, we know that home and um, the sense of home and the sense of belonging is found in our relationship with God. And the good news is God is giving us this rope that Peter is talking about, the rope that leads us home to keep us from getting lost, the rope that is consistent in our lives that will always lead us back to him. And Sabbath rest is a weekly practice, is part of what God is offering to us. You know, earlier this year, I had a pretty weird start to the year um, where about 28 days for the first three months, I was actually in isolation because, you know, we have six people in our family and back in the day, if you remember the day of COVID where you had to isolate, um, when you have COVID and you're members of the household and the rules have changed about 10,000 times since then. Um, But for the first three months of the year, I was in isolation for 28 days. That's a third. That's a whole month in the first three months that I was in isolation. You think maybe that was a gift, but there's a relentlessness that happened at home as well that wasn't really a gift to me. You know, I'm a mum. I have um, three teenage kids. One's about to finish high school, so that's a little hectic. I have teenage boys who play sports, um, instruments, and they have a life, and they work at Domino's in two different locations. So I become like an uber mum that takes them to work, take them to sports, watch their game, bring them back just in time to wash their uniforms to go to work. I have a husband who works in the floods, and we know that this year we have, have experienced some I don't know, a lot of rainfall and a lot of flooding that's happened earlier part of the year, which meant that he was away from home quite a fair bit. I'm a full-time worker. I work full-time here at Gateway, and I also study part-time. Yes, you're listening to my life, you're like, oh my gosh, why are you doing all those things? I don't know why I'm doing those things either. But to be honest, um, it, it felt like, I'm like, oh, I just feel so tired. And in the middle of my study, the very thing that I was like, oh, this is, you know, something I probably don't need to do, but I'm doing, and I love it, I have to be honest. But in the middle of my study, there was, I'm doing a master's in leadership, and the course asked, the unit asked us to think about what is the rhythm of a leader that can lead well? And it forced me to kind of do a little bit of an audit on, well, for me as a spiritual leader, what do I do actually? <laughs> you know, that is a good rhythm for me. And the audit's going to come up behind the screen here. And it's just, I just designed like a little simple thing that just had all the practices that I thought that I was doing. And then I started to think through critically, do I do this and how often do I do it? And do I really want to do this? And, and you know, what is a better rhythm or what is it that I want to reintroduce into my life? And Sabbath rest stood out to me. It stood out... And it challenged me so much because, you know, my journey of understanding Sabbath happened probably in the year 2000. My family and I went to um, Israel. If you remember, the year 2000 was the year of the pilgrimage. And everyone, almost everyone, it felt like, you know, went to the Holy Land during the Passover, which is what we know as Easter, period. It was chaotic. There was so many people around. And one of the events that we were attending was a Passover meal um, in the church, a local church in um, the holy city, Jerusalem, was hosting. And I just remember um, on our way there, walking there, that I looked and peeped into this window, not weirdly, just kind of walking past and saw um, a really beautiful picture, a picture that when there was so much chaos around us, it was a picture of peace. 
and was the picture into a Jewish home where the woman of the household was lighting, let's see if this works, try not to breathe, the candle. Ah, I practiced many times and it worked really well. Who's breathing so hard? Okay. There's a picture of a woman lighting a candle in her household. There were people gathered around. Later, what I've learned about the picture that I saw was that this is something that they did to welcome in the Shabbat, the Sabbath. It was something that all Jewish households would do just before sunset to welcome in the Sabbath into their family life. And that they would break bread together and sing a blessing, and I'm not going to do that for you this morning. They sing over the bread and they broke it, and they sang over the wine and they broke it and they drank it. And then I later learned that this practice for the Israelites, the Jewish people, was to do in remembrance that God is their provider and that God is the source of all that they needed. The Sabbath was the time, a weekly time, where family gathered together and welcome the presence of God into their home. You know, not long after this trip to Israel, my husband and I had our firstborn child, Matea. And I remember at the time, I just felt really exhausted. You know, I was working in the local church back then as well, part-time, just had this newborn baby. Our work rhythm and our ministry rhythm was busy. You know, there's prayer meetings to go to, things to attend, and people to look after. And combined with the groundhog day of raising a newborn. Who's got a newborn amongst us? here this morning. Hello, Parkers, welcome. And uh, you'll understand when I talk about the Groundhog Day feeling of, you know, you feed, you change their nappy, you put them to sleep, and then it happens all over again in about two hours. You feed, (laughs) you change the nappy, and you put them to bed. You might put in things like a walk or, you know, maybe even a bath to clean them, and that would just kind of break up the monotony a little bit. But that's the life that I was kind of living, and it just felt so full, and and there was no real rhythm at all. And David and I felt like we needed to introduce a rhythm into our life. So at the time, we remember when we were in Israel, what that felt like and looked like to us was a picture of peace, a picture of slow down, and a picture of welcoming God's presence into our home. So we we began the journey to keep the Sabbath. We started to keep the Sabbath, Friday night sunset to Saturday sunset, a full 24 hours. It suited us at the time because David worked from Monday to Friday, so it naturally fell onto a Friday night for us that was really great. So majority of my shopping and the cleaning the house, whatever you can do at that time in your life, um, was done before that day. And I started to prepare a Sabbath meal where on a Friday night we would eat something a little bit more special than, you know, maybe toast that you can do at that time when you're raising a young family. And we would sometimes invite others into that. Life was, it was really life-giving to us. And we did this for probably about seven or eight years, quite regularly. And it was so good. So when I did this audit in my studies beginning of this year, it revealed to me the drift from this practice. And it really challenged me. But in God's kindness and goodness, 
my heart actually didn't feel like I was being condemned by the Lord, but, but my heart started to leap to the idea of reintroducing this practice into my life again. So this year, I've done some more reading alongside scripture, and some resources are going to come up on the screen. There are some great resources out there that talks about this incredible rhythm, and these authors offers a perspective and commentary on the idea of how to introduce a good pace and rhythm into our life, like the rope that Peter Casero says that leads us home. Yeah, from the Bible and reading these resources, one thing that is for sure, Sabbath rest. Sabbath rest is mentioned in all of them and that it is the key to instill a good rhythm in our life. It is the key. So Sabbath, this topic of the Sabbath is Sounds lovely, but it is quite profound and it's quite intricate. There's a lot involved in it. Today, I just want to spend a little bit of time and take you on just a little bit of a journey throughout Scripture of where it began and the importance of it. So firstly, the word Sabbath is the Hebrew word Shabbat, and it means to stop or to cease work, to rest and to delight. One first thing I know about the Sabbath right from the beginning in Genesis 2 to the three is that the Sabbath rest, it sets a rhythm of rest for us. So let's read that together. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So we read here that it's a set apart day. He blessed it, he called it holy and rest became a part of the rhythm in creation. Secondly, Sabbath was given as a commandment, not a suggestion, a commandment. And we read this in Exodus when um, the Lord was giving the Ten Commandments. It says here that remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. It was the fourth commandment. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath day to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. But then he rested on the seventh day. This is about the only commandment where there is a therefore. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. God gave a reason for it. He didn't say, you know, thou shalt not kill because it's not good to do that. <laughs> thou shalt not commit adultery because it's not good to do that. He didn't say that for all the other commandments. But for the Sabbath, he expounded on it. He said, I have made it holy and therefore you should keep it. Moreover, in Deuteronomy, the next few chapters talks about how it's not just remembering it, but it's to observe it and you are to keep it. So it is clear in scripture that God made it a commandment, and he commands us to remember it, to observe it, and to keep it holy, meaning to allow it to be a day where he is at the center of it. And lastly, in Scripture, we see that Sabbath is also found in Jesus. Jesus, incredible Jewish man growing up, kept the laws and the commandments of God. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians that Jesus didn't come to abolish the law or take it away, but he actually came to fulfill it. And one of the greatest fulfillment that Jesus came was to give his life, dying a death on the cross, 
sacrificed himself so that we can be forgiven of our sins and be um, reinstated and restored to a relationship with God. This scene, you know, that we, I mean, we just had, just taking communion together, but this scene of just like hours before Jesus went to the cross was the Last Supper. And we read of the Last Supper, and the Last Supper is situated during the Passover feast. And the Passover feast, before Jesus came into the cross, was celebrated and remembered by the Israelites for the way that God had delivered them and provided the Passover lamb so that they, their lives would be spared. Do you remember that in Exodus when um, you know, there was a commandment to go out that everyone, the first one would be killed, but Jesus, God said, sacrifice the lamb, put the blood on the door, and the angel of death will pass over it. That was a remembrance of how God gave a way to spare his people. It's a remembrance of how he delivered them from the rulers of Egypt, the tyranny and the labor that, and the slavery that they put the Israelites under. That's the Passover. And here at the Last Supper, the last meal that Jesus had before he went to the cross, he talks about the fulfillment that they have been reading about for so long. The fulfillment of the one that will come to be the ultimate Passover lamb that will save them, the Messiah that would come. And at this meal, you know, Jesus dove really deep into the sacraments that, were, that we took this morning. But I, I can imagine that the meal that he was having with his disciples, he's saying to them, I am that person. I'm the one that's going to come and pay that price. So take this bread. Take this bread. And this is my body broken for you. This wine is significance of my blood that's going to be shed for you. You know, he commanded his disciples at any time that you gather together, which I know for the Israelites, it was weekly during Shabbat. During Sabbath, they would break bread and drink wine and, and remember what God had done for them. So Jesus is saying to them on this last night that he's with them, next time you do this, do it in remembrance of me. They had no idea that he's about to go to the cross and not going to be with them anymore in this way. You know, Jesus died just hours before the Sabbath day. And you know, what's interesting is that when he died... His body lay to rest on the Sabbath, on the Friday night. His body lay to rest. I, I sometimes think about how significant would it be to, for us if we just put ourselves in that situation. If we believe in the time, the people at the time believed that Jesus was the Messiah. The next Sabbath, not long after that, not only would they be celebrating and remembering what God did for them to take them out of Israel, but they're actually going to be remembering what Jesus, who walked amongst them, did for them. That's quite profound, to be living in that time and, and to you know, remember the goodness of God for their forefathers, but also to celebrate and acknowledge that Jesus is the Messiah. It's quite significant, really, when you think about it, that on the Sabbath day, when they get together every single week, Jesus is remembered. You know, there's a lot to talk about around the Sabbath. I just want to share probably two key things that I have learned about the Sabbath that has been a blessing to me. And that is the Sabbath gives us rest and it gives us relationship. So firstly, with rest. Rest is the key primary marker for the Sabbath. You know, in the beginning, 
we read, we read in Genesis that there was chaos, that the Spirit of God hovered and the earth was formless. It was restless. So God turned what was chaos out of order into cosmos, into something that he gave order to. And when he created the heavens and the earth and the things that we saw beginning of this segment, he also sets a rhythm in creation that we all experience. We experience the sun rising and setting. The seasons that come, we usher in the new season and we say goodbye to the old season. Our human heart beats to a rhythm. Our breath, as you're sitting here, has a rhythm to it, in and out. Sabbath rest is a rhythm. You know, our bodies, our human nature, we have this way of giving in to our own fleshly desires. We, we are so good at just getting busy, doing things, finding ways to gratify what, through the things that we do. So if we don't rest, this is what happens. We become restless. Yeah, the opposite of rest is restless. We become less sharp. We feel weary, busy, tired, hurried most of the time. Our whole being shifts the focus into the desires to, to do, to perform, to, to increase, to, to get more. Our ego becomes almost like at the center of you know, the thing that we want to feed. It, it just becomes more prominent. We introduce, whether you like it or not, we introduce other habits, other disciplines to attend to what it is that our human desires want. I know I do that. Whether you recognize it or not, we all do that. We work to gain love. We work to gain accomplishments. And, and we work extra hard for the acceptance of others. And we drift away, really, from God, who is the resource and the source of our life. Dallas Willard, one of Circe's favorite authors, says this about desire. Desire is infinite, partly because we were made by God, made for God, made to need God, and made to run to God. We can be satisfied only by the one who is infinite, eternal, and able to supply all our needs. We are only at home in God. There's that word again, at home. When we fall away from God, the desire for the infinite remains. It doesn't go away, but it is displaced upon things that will certainly lead to destruction. You see, work is not a problem. You, you work, I work, it's a part of our normal life. We work, we study, we, we do things. That, that's not the issue here. But rest is not truly possible without work. So work isn't the issue. But work is not done to its full extent if we also don't rest. You know, a balance needs to strike somewhere between work and rest so that it, because they were both created for its things to do. So Sabbath rest for me is a day to embrace our own limits. It's a day where we actually stop and go, I can't just keep doing the to-do list. Know that the to-do list We'll never get finished. Our goals will never quite arrive because once you finish one, there's another one. And the scriptures are, it's full right from Genesis, you know, and right through to the gospel that we are encouraged to rest. Hebrews 4, 10, 11 says this, whoever enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort 
make every effort to enter that rest. Because we know for ourselves, you know, when you have had a holiday or, or a day of rest, that rest brings a consistent rhythm to our being, to our body, soul, mind, and spirit. It allows time for us to be reorientated to God. It's time to care for our body, to replenish it. It gives us clarity of mind and energy and health. It brings margin, this margin that people keep talking about. It, gives, it does that when you rest. It brings margin to your life because you slow down and you start to instill a different rhythm. You know, God created us this way. He created us to rest. Augustine says this, you have made us for yourself and our heart is restless until it rests in you. Sabbath rest is a, is a restorative gift. And in this past season for me, since beginning of this year to now, I, I have known this to be true, that it is a restorative gift. I'm less agitated I wish my family was here so they can affirm that for you. Um, I'm sleeping actually a lot better, not just on the Sabbath day, but actually throughout the week because I, I believe the Sabbath just kind of resets something in my body to be able to rest throughout the week better. I'm less rushed and hurried, and I think the roads can actually thank the Sabbath day for that. I'm less hurried on the road and I'm not as angry or annoyed by other drivers. I'm more present with my family. That's probably been the biggest one since we have started to reinstill the Sabbath rest into our rhythm. Is that I'm more present with my kids, with my husband, with my friends. And I'm really enjoying preparing for this Sabbath meal that comes and my kids are enjoying it. I don't think they realize sometimes that we're entering a Sabbath meal, but they're like, this is awesome. Roast and all the things, you know, that I cook and prepare for. They love it. Adele Calhoun, another author, part of the resource that I shown you earlier, she has listed in her book over 60-something spiritual practices and disciplines to help us reorientate our lives to God. Over 60. And um, this is what she said about the Sabbath. Is that the Sabbath is given for our delight and our communion with God. That it's time for being in the midst of a life of doing. I love how she says it is for our delight and for our communion with God. And to be able to be in relationship with him. The second thing that I have come to know and love about keeping the Sabbath rest is relationship. John Mark Comer says it's a Sabbath Fulfilled in human life is a celebration and worship of God. What that means is that when we keep the Sabbath, it is an act of worship to our God. It is a natural part of, of what happens when we keep the Sabbath. And worship is an expression of adoration. When we worship God, we exalt him far above ourselves, our mind, our circumstances, whatever it is that we are going through, and we say that he is Lord and that he is above that. And in worship, it allows us to linger and to be present in the presence of God together. You know, sometimes I wonder um, what happened on the seventh day. It said that God rested. And the writers of Genesis doesn't actually expound on it. I wish it did, but it didn't. So this morning, I'm just going to take a little bit of creative license and give you what I imagine happened on the seventh day when God rested, that I think it aligns with what Scripture says for it to be. 
I would imagine that on the seventh day when God rested, that all creation would be turned towards him in praise and worship. Remember, there was nothing else that needed to happen on that day. Everything that was to be achieved had been achieved already. So there's no pressure on that day to do anything else but to worship God. I imagine him, I mean, the Bible all the way through Psalms gives us this image that we can understand, right? I imagine that on the seventh day, God walked with Adam and Eve and his creation and that they would be talking, that they would be having conversation, that they would just be communing with each other in a relationship and delighting in all the things that God had created, all the resources that are there. I imagine that's what happened on the seventh day. So the Sabbath is an invitation for you and for me to enter into rest and also to enter into relationship with God. And I believe it helps us to be in a better relationship with others around us as well. So when we Sabbath well, we give opportunity for our relationships with God to be at the center. We remember that he is the one. He is the one that is the source of life, that he gives us all that we need in our relationship with the rest of creation, that we are able to slow down and we're able to take in what he has gifted us with and our relationship with others. Because you know when we stop, right now you stopped, your attention's on me, your mind might not be, but you're kind of looking forward. When you stop, everything slows down. Everything outside that's going on, you have no idea what's happening, apart from what's happening in this room right now. Because you're in a hurry, you don't have another thing to go to. You might, if I talk for too long, you might just stand up and go. But on the Sabbath, when we rest, um, we give opportunity for our soul to, to connect with God. You know, we're able to be present, present to be able to look at you, have eye contact, present with our family, present with our friends, present with the chick out chick, present with the strangers that we come across on the road because we're not in a hurry. Earlier, I read from Matthew, and you know, the words of this invitation that Jesus gives for this rhythm of grace is a word with full of relational aspects to it. He said, come to me, get away with me, walk with me, keep company with me. He's not saying do it by yourself. He said, come with me. It's such a beautiful words of invitation into relationship with him. So if we do that, if we go with Jesus and walk with him and keep company with him, this is what the scriptures promises, that he will give us rest, that he will bring us to full restoration, that he will show the way for us. And that life, the life that you and I live, doesn't have to feel like it's so heavy and burdensome, but the life that we live can be full of freedom, and that we can live lightly. So how do we keep this Sabbath rest? You know, when it comes to this topic of the Sabbath rest, I acknowledge there's a lot of questions, and I also acknowledge there's a lot of things to consider. So questions like, does it have to be 24 hours? Questions like, you know, does it have to be sunset to sunset? Actually, staff, can it just be moments in the week that add up to what we would call ourselves the Sabbath? You know, we start to come up with a do list and don't, what do we do on the Sabbath? Don't, what don't we do on the Sabbath? There's a lot of that commentary 
about the Sabbath. There's things to consider, like your family routine and the work that you're in. Maybe in your role there is, you know, um, you're a shift worker or you work in an industry that is 24-7, seven days a week. Your uni schedule doesn't really kind of give room for a day of rest. But this is what we have to remember. remember. Jesus said that the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So just take it easy. (laughs) Don't go into this overdrive or trying to work out, oh, what do I do with it? That's not the point. You're not meant to feel burdened by it. You're meant to feel light as you approach the Sabbath. So some of us may be on this journey, but can I encourage that all of us from today begin to go on this journey of what it would look like for you to keep a Sabbath rest. I know this can be really confronting. I acknowledge that because for some it sounds like, that sounds like a dream. I can't wait to instill this practice into my life. And for some of us who we want that, but we start to have those questions. What needs to shift in our life? That's really confronting because you will have to give away something else to make sure that this happens. So I've been there too, and today I shared a little bit about my own little journey that I had with this. But here are just some key tips for you um, that I know has been helpful to me as I've been going on this journey, and I hope that it will be encouraging to you. But as we do this, I want to share from the perspective that the Apostle Paul has about this. He says, one man judges one day above another, while another man judges all days alike. Let everyone be fully convinced in his own mind. I'm not here today to convince you that you must do it a certain way or that it should be this way or should be that way. That is not my role at all, but I am here to encourage you to be convinced in your own mind as you search the scriptures, as you start to read resources, as you start to ask the Lord to lead you in how you can keep this Sabbath rest. So first thing that I do is actually plan for it. You actually have to be intentional if you want to keep the Sabbath rest. You know, this is what we know from Scripture. The Scripture says it's a full day of rest, that it is a weekly rhythm, and that it is an intentional practice. Chris Webb, an author, encourages us with this. He says, The way we structure our days not only reveals our character and our priorities. I think that's true. It can also help us to shape them. We may be wired to live by rhythms, but we can intentionally set the beat. We can structure our daily living as a loving response to the grace of God in Christ. So for me, what I do when I plan for this is I clean the house before the Sabbath day. I think about what I'm going to cook. I remove some work and other distractions on that day. Second thing that I do is I consider the activity. I have this filter that I ask myself, is this activity I'm about to do a restful activity? And if your answer is, hmm, maybe, not sure, I don't know, then maybe think about it a little bit longer. Think about activities that actually replenishes you and bring you joy. For me, what replenishes me the most is taking a nap and actually taking my time on a Saturday morning not to be in a rush to go anywhere. The third thing that I do is I actually start to introduce a God-centered activity into my life. What can you do on the Sabbath day that puts God at the center of your life, that guides and directs your heart towards him? So for me, it's things like walking in nature. It's 
you know, having some time for solitude and contemplation. I keep a gratitude journal, and on the Sabbath, I, I go, thank God this week that you have done this, you demonstrated this, and I keep that journal. I'm going to invite Serks to come up, and he's going to um, play a song in the background for us um, that declares God's goodness that we've been talking about, and it's also encouraged us, us that if, na- if the creation can sing and worship God, so we can too. So in the seats in front of you, you ha- there's um, a little card that looks like this. It's a little thing called the Spiritual Rhythm Survey. It's a bit like an audit that I did. So can I encourage you, if, you, if it's in front of you, if you can grab it. If you need a pen, I'd love for you to just put your hand up and Faith and others are going around and give you a pen. Just for these next few moments, as Cirque plays this, I want to take you through this. So the first page is a little audit. And the practices that's listed is a part of our series and what we are doing in this season as the life of the church. And it's really simple of saying, what is your current frequency that you're observing or doing? And what is your desired frequency? For me, with the Sabbath, I had sporadic. (laughs) It was sporadic. And then my desired frequency for the Sabbath became weekly. I worked towards it. So that's on that page. And on the flip side, which is where I encourage you to spend some time in these next few moments, it's about the Sabbath rest. The first box says, challenge. Can I encourage you to think in, in this moment to ask the Lord, what is the challenge that's in front of me that I'm a little bit apprehensive about because I know that it may not fit in well with the Sabbath rest. For me, it was my kids' sports schedule. And I really had to go to the Lord about that and, and you know, go with Him and ask for His kindness and directing my heart not to feel condemned that I'm, you know, taking my kids to sport, but to see it as an activity that I can do with my kids and be present with them. Whatever those challenges are, would you write them down and submit them to God? And then the second box is what is the one thing that you're going to start? You know, keeping a 24-hour seven, 24-Sabbath is not something that all, for all of us we can rush into. But if you want to do it, I encourage you, go for it. Go for it. If you want to do it, go for it. But maybe it's one thing that you can start to scaffold, build yourself a little framework and work towards it. You know, it could be something like, I'm going to take 20 minutes of walk on the Sabbath to just observe the nature, the creation that's around me. I'm going to take the, the deep breath in and out. Or is it like me? You know, I'm going to start to reinstill these better sleeping habits and take a nap. Is it turning off your emails? Whatever it is, what is the one thing that you can start to go towards your Sabbath day? So these next few moments... It's a gift of time for you. And I pray that you'll be feel, you may feel challenged by this exercise. I know I did when I did the audit. But can I just reassure you that as you do it, God is so kind and, and generous and He will lead you through it. So I pray that you will follow the sound of His voice. We hope you've been blessed by this message. 
If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.